Dear Lord, save me from people who dunk biscuits and cups of tea. Tomorrow, favourite smells. Do you remember that one where we had grass? And then your favourite insect. That's a very popular... Locust was top of my list on that one. Uh, a recent list that came out. And also your favourite Christmas present. What's been your least favourite Christmas present? <laughs> the dunking the biscuits thing. I don't know why people want to dunk biscuits. I never see the appeal of taking a nice hot drink that you've lovishly, you know, put care and attention. And then you put a biscuit in, and then you're chatting away to something, and the next thing, the biscuit has dissolved, and you've got bits floating around on the top, like effluent off the River Tiber. It's absolutely awful. Anyway, it's nice to have you company. Good morning. I trust you well. It's, uh, it's Wednesday, the day they say will go down in history because it's strike day. This is where a lot of quite well-meaning people have been bullied into it, because many of them will not want to go out on strike. Why would you want to go out on strike? We're in a recession, Hello? You'd have to be stupid to want to go out on strike. You know, so you're going to find also... You know, everybody's going to try and maintain the services. You want to walk out and go on strike, you go and stand out there. You go and do that. You know, it's not going to affect the rest of us. Because the rest of us have to go to work. We have to do it. It's partly because of what we do. Some people quite clearly don't want to work. And that's a shame, really. And uh, they'll have Bob Crow. I bet you Bob Crow's up on breakfast this morning. I wonder if Nick Ferrari will, will lay into it. It'll be quite interesting to say, well, here we are on a day of, you know, misery for most people. Although I think the country will, will just keep on going. That's what we do, isn't it? doesn't matter what it is. We survive the war. We're going to survive a few people standing outside holding up, you know, pla- nobody gives a toss. Nobody cares about people standing there holding up, you know, things. There's far too many other things to worry about in life, apart from worrying about, you know, pensions and all sorts. I'm more worried about people who maim their pets for insurance which is something we did on the programme two weeks ago. And now, yeah, we actually did that, didn't we? We talked about people who maim their pets with insurance because they're so desperate to get the money out of the insurance companies that they will actually kill a pet to get the money. It's just, it's, I was thinking this morning, what was I, it was a story that made, made the papers and it was, it was people who'd committed acts of atrocity. I couldn't think of anything apart from hanging them. I really could. The more I read about this poor woman in the pub who spilt the drink, do you remember when the bloke came up and punched her in the face and paralysed her? The more I wish, you know, somebody had held him down and punched him in the face. Unfortunately, that's not the way the law operates in this country. It operates uh, on a completely different level. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, 0845 6060973. Victoria Beckham's nose was put out a joint the other day. You know, she got those awards for the fashion industry, which was really good. And it was, unfortunately, according to the papers, the fashion industry themselves are kind of, they think she's a fad. They don't, they don't take her seriously. She's not, she's not served an apprenticeship, uh, an apprenticeship. So they sort of, so she was standing apparently. In, uh, in this VIP area with the American designer Mark Jacobs. And they were sort of having an animated conversation about what, I've got no idea, fashion, I suppose, uh, and how Victoria is so successful yet still can't afford a pram for the new baby. Harper 7. God knows. Uh, and in walked Kate Moss. Apparently Kate Moss snubbed Vic and uh, turned her back on her and carried on chatting to Mark. So Victoria's, they, uh, Victoria, they say, snuck out of a, out of a back entrance. It's very embarrassing, wasn't it, really? I mean, let's face it, Kate Moss, lovely though, she, she's only a model, she's only a clothes horse. You're not going to ask her, her her thoughts on world politics or strike day, are you? You're not going to go up to Kate Moss and go, so tell me, darling, what, what do you reckon about smoking and, and cancer and things? You're not going to ask her anything. Just a clothes horse. You put clothes on her and she's got that kind of dishevelled sort of look which goes down well with Philip Green at Topshop. And then, of course, quite clearly it doesn't as Arcadia are going to be closing about 250 shops, because obviously it's not working, because we seem to have fallen out of love with clothes. I find that difficult to believe, because I thought women 
survived on clothes. I thought you'd just, well, I wish you survive on clothes. Couldn't eat a whole dress. But you have to go out there, and that's why there's so many women's shops for clothes, as opposed to men's shops. The men get very, very short, uh, sharp shrift, I'm afraid. We don't get much choice at all. Pair of jeans, top. Cardi? I don't know. You know, then you look at poor little Jeff Brazier, thick as a brick on the television, he really... Uh, they don't come any dumber, I'm afraid. The sooner they axe OK TV, the happier we'll all be. And, uh, and the sooner we get rid of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, the better. Because uh, now, I think John Thompson, who I think was in Coronation Street, tweeted the other day that Anthony Cotton's a nasty piece of work. Very nasty. And it's, it's apparent on the television. You can see what a nasty piece of work he is. He's just... But I always said that, didn't I? I said that years ago. It's nothing new. None of this comes as any surprise to me. Luckily, I can see through people a mile off. And John Thompson comes over as a decent sort of bloke. And if he says that Anthony Cotton's not very nice, I'm going with him on that one. And then there's the two girls in there, which, depending on which paper you read, they both appear to be out the jungle. The two bimbos. There's the one who was married to Richie from Five. Where is he now? And and then she went out with David Walliams, and then she went out... She'd been around the block a few times and quite clearly desperate to sell her story. But the one on the front of the, the Daily Star today uh, is, I'm a celeb babe, Jessica Jane Clement, who apparently showed off her curves and a big smile after a love marathon with her fiancé. So she apparently came out of the jungle. So obviously both the bimbos are out the jungle, and um, she then had a, a love-in. She spent the day making up for lost time with her celeb hairdresser, Lee Stafford. He's a bit of a peculiar-looking thing, but there again, always best to have your hairdresser on standby. And uh, they joked their raunchy reunion was too hot to discuss. Could you imagine? They have an all-day session, and then she phones up the Daily Star and goes, we've been at it all day. And you think, you really are class, aren't you? That's why I call them bimbos, because only bimbos and trash talk like this, I'm afraid. And uh, Mark and... uh, This is Emily Scott... A very dreary-looking person, I'm afraid. But then um, she, according to one of the papers, was out from the... I've lost track of who's out from the jungle. They can't both be out, can they? And unfortunately, Joey Barton, a dreary little plank at the best of times, has blasted the stars of Desperate Scousewives as thick oompa-loompas. Well, of course they are. That's why they're on the television, love. You know, the word is desperate. They are, they are desperate people. It's, uh, it's not a case of... You know, it, it is real Desperate Scousewives because they're not Scouse and they're not Wives. Apparently, Danielle Lloyd, herself, not the brightest penny in the box, partner of James O'Hara, tweeted, I won't ever be on this programme, got better towards the end, but not sure if I'll watch it again. But, uh, you know, the bleach-blonde, busty, tarty look, I'm afraid, is, is, uh, is out there. And it's mainly in Essex. Mainly Brentwood, it seems, because it's certainly not in the rest of Essex at all. But uh, the good news is that Amy Childs uh, launched her undies the other day, and she's, she's really... Really intelligent, Amy Childs. And uh, as I say, you know, badly dyed hair, too much makeup, and here she was launching her new telly show in her underwear. And she'd been vajazzled, looking exactly like Jordan. But she says she's nothing like Katie Price, proving how intelligent she is. She says people say me and Katie are quite alike, but we're not. For example, she's into horse riding and I'm into table tennis. But they're going to put that dreary queen on, uh, Harry because he's allowed to be on her show because he's her cousin. He contributes nothing, absolutely nothing at all. Complete and utter waste of space, I'm afraid. Good to see Kerry Katona still getting the class bookings in. And this time she was doing a special panto horse race. 
Uh, she did it with uh, Lembit Opic, both of them sort of desperate for taking the golden shilling, and they don't really care what they do to, to get it. So she'll dress up as a horse, she'll dress up as anything at all, really. But uh, no mention of the new boyfriend again, perhaps just for the Sunday papers. And the good news is that Sarah Harding, you remember Sarah Harding, every time you opened up the papers, there was Sarah Harding face down in the gutter, there was Sarah Harding staggering out of a club, there was Sarah Harding wittering on about her boyfriend, there was Sarah Harding jetting off to, in fact, there was Sarah Harding with a drink became the standard headline, and unfortunately, uh, she then had to go in to be treated for alcohol addiction. I don't know how much alcohol you need to drink for it to become an addiction, but in her case, she has seemed to spend most of the past year in rehab. And uh, the good news is that she's going to be treated... She's only coming up to her 30th birthday, and her friends in Girls Aloud are going to treat her to a t- 30th birthday. Uh, Girls Aloud bandmate Kimberly Walsh uh, says... Uh, I'm proud of her. They normally celebrate their birthdays together with, of course, copious amounts of booze. Unfortunately, Kimberly Walsh seems to have survived it, but poor Sarah Harding, obviously the addictive personality, and she didn't survive. And um, hailing Harding's bid to beat the bottle, the singer told OK Magazine, that'll be for a few shillings, uh, I'm proud she's facing her demons. It is brave, as some people can't face up to things, and she obviously knew she had a problem and could help herself. I'm proud of her for that. Well, we're all... We're all really, really proud of Sarah Harding for going into rehab. But uh, the good news is, for music lovers everywhere, they've cancelled the Girls Aloud tour. OK, the Girls Aloud tour is cancelled. And uh, so tomorrow, favourite wrapping paper, I think. <laughs> I like the idea of favourite wrapping paper. I've got to go out and buy wrapping paper today. Do I buy the, do I buy the expensive wrapping paper or do I buy cheap wrapping paper because on one of the tv programs on one of the tv programs they had buy ribbons and it was a hundred ribbons that were automatic you pulled a center string and it made a bow because i'm and i thought you could do that have you ever made your own bows and then if you bought <laughs> bought a hundred you got another hundred free and it was only 10 quid on living world and i nearly nearly reached for the telephone but I decided against it because I thought, no, I'm going to struggle with making bows this year. And then I thought, no, I'm not going to struggle. I'll probably end up doing exactly the same as last year, which is going out and buying big bows and then putting all the things together. Because I've got because um, uh, I've got some presents to wrap up for people around here. You know, don't like telling them what the presents are in advance. But uh, you know, a few people will will benefit from a from a little present. It's difficult to know what to get some people, isn't it? I mean, I'm hopeless. I, I generally ask, you know, what would you like for Christmas? So all the family come back and tell me what they want for Christmas. But when, when you're buying for friends and colleagues, it's very difficult to know what to buy. You know, I'm looking through the glass thinking, I don't know, what do you buy? I mean, I don't know what to buy you for Christmas. Really, it's, it's very difficult. So perhaps you can suggest tomorrow on his, uh, his programme, you know, what would be a good present for me to buy him for Christmas? Preferably nothing too expensive. I'm not, you know, I, I, it's his birthday as well. You know, it's Annie Lennox's birthday, Christmas Day. She's a Christmas Day baby. I don't know why I mentioned Annie Lennox and Christo in the same breath. There's no reason for it. So he's, oh dear, a Christmas Christmas baby, almost, in the festive season. So it'll be a somewhat smaller present next Friday, is it? Gosh, honestly. Difficult to know what to buy. I missed Anthony Davis's birthday as well. But he actually phoned me to remind me that it was his birthday. Which I always think is a good thing to do. It's quarter past five. (laughs) These are the headlines. It's strike day, the biggest for a generation. An estimated two million people working in public services walk out in a row over pensions. In London, nine out of ten schools are likely to be closed. Military staff are helping at border crossings and some hospitals could be disrupted. 
Iran's expressed regret over the storming of the British Embassy by students in Tehran. They were protesting against the UK's decision to impose sanctions on Iranian banks. And the judge who sentenced Michael Jackson's doctor to four years in prison yesterday says Conrad Murray is dangerous. Michael Pastor says Murray abandoned his patient. He may only serve two years. Now to the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre and Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning and well as it's... Three. Every 18 minutes past five, the, uh, the presents that I ordered the other day, because I have to check with what people... There's no point in buying people things they don't want over Christmas. There, there really isn't. So I always check beforehand, you know, what would the kids like for Christmas? And back comes the, the text and the email, and I then go on and I order them. And I've ordered everything now. So it's all been ordered, and it started arriving, which is good news. All I've got to do is wrap the stuff. Luckily, I've got some paper from last year, which I hadn't even opened. So I've got the paper and the ribbons. The one thing I've run out of is sellotape. So I've got to go out today and get sellotape, which is OK, because I like using that invisible tape. It's a bit more expensive, but I think it's worth the price. You know, I think a present can be made to look so much more attractive if it's got invisible tape, as opposed to the, sort of the, the paper that rips. I like a nice paper. It's terribly wasteful, but I do like a nice paper. And uh, I am here over Christmas. I'm afraid you've got me for about um, five, ten, 13 days on, on the trot. No, tw- 12, 12 days on, on the trot. So... I will be the 12 days of Christmas with Steve, I just realised. Just worked it out for myself. So it'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday is Christmas Eve, and I'm here from 10 in the morning until 2. On Christmas Day, 10 in the morning until 2. And Boxing Day, 10 in the morning until 2. So I shall expect your company on every single day, because there will be many of you who are not going to be visiting friends or family or relations, if indeed you've got them. And, uh, and and there will be people absolutely glued to the radio because you'll be starved of good things because most radio stations, most, have pre-recorded programmes. You know, and now a festive offering from King's. And that runs for about two hours, you know, live on LBC. So uh, there'll be no pre-recorded bits on my show, let me tell you. Well, there might be one or two. I don't know, actually. One year I did it, the very first year I did Christmas on LBC. And the producer said, should we go around the world and find out how they celebrate? I said, why don't we just go to a pub? <laughs> make it so much easier. So we went to Bethlehem and went all around all these different places. It was quite exciting, really, you know, talking to people in foreign lands. Now, of course, all the people in foreign lands are here anyway, so it doesn't actually make any difference. You just need to phone down the road. Much simpler. According to uh, the Football Association yesterday, uh, they have been contacted by up to five more football stars. Five more Premier players who have come forward and said, we're, we're suffering at the moment, in football. This is after the death of Gary Speed. And all his friends are saying in the paper today, why didn't he feel, you know, he was able to phone his friends? Because people don't. Because people don't. And if you knew him, you would probably say the same thing. It's, it, it, it doesn't matter. They are, they're in a macho game. You ask men anyway. Do you go to the doctor? No. Why, why do you not do that? Well, I don't sort of bother them. Because they don't want to, men don't want to know, do they? They absolutely don't want to know about anything. And the idea that you might have to confess up to the fact that, you know, things in your life are not as you would want them to be. There's two, two uh, boys, 14 and 13. And it's, it's that Christmas thing, isn't it? It's that Christmas thing. I mean, to be honest with you, he'd probably be very happy with the coverage that he got because he probably didn't see himself as that famous. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know who he was. That he, he's, he's made all the, the papers because there's probably a lot of men like him suffering. They're saying it's not depression. It's got to be something, though, isn't it? Got to be something. Gary Speed's uh, wife found him uh, just, I think, 
after 7am in the morning. She called the ambulance and they then told her what to do in the event of something like how you do that. I've got no idea. I can't even imagine what the advice is. No suspicious circumstances, but obviously something just went like that in Gary Speed's mind and it led him to take his own life. It's terribly sad, whichever way you look at it. It's a family left without daddy at Christmas, which is the worst time, isn't it? Absolutely the worst time, I'm afraid. Uh, that makes uh, many of the papers today. I'd love to know, actually, if you're flying off. Have you checked the airline? Have you checked uh, to see whether or not you're actually flying or whether or not you're not flying today? And if you're on strike, why? Why are you on strike? You know, we're in a recession. The government have said, listen, going on strike's not going to solve anything. It's going to make the situation worse. Were you bullied into it? I'll grant you anonymity this morning. I'll grant you anonymity. Were you bullied into it because your workmates went, you will be going out on strike? You know, and uh, if, if, if you, it's generally pressure of workmates, isn't it? Because, you know, it's that uh, thing that... Because the union will always say, no, 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 all our members came out on strike. They were all very happily behind it. And you think, yes, because you'll be with people who say, come on, you're coming out on strike. LBC has a history of strikes. LBC, over the years, had a huge history of strikes. We had, um, we had one union because we had a number of unions within the building. This is going back 30 years plus. And um, it was the ACTT which was the engineering side of it. And when they, they came out on strike, the management had to come in and try and drive programmes. It was quite entertaining, really, watching the management struggling with driving a programme. It looked a bit easier in those days. You didn't have to worry about touchscreen and this. And, I mean, now it looks like flying Concorde, but in those days you just pushed up a few faders and you pushed some jingles. You didn't have to programme anything into a computer. But uh, I can remember, I can remember, oh, I think there are famous archive bits of Douglas Cameron having to do the programme from Gough Square, because they couldn't actually get into the building, so they had to bring the radio car in. You had to do the, the, the breakfast programme from the radio car. So we, we are familiar with it. It's just that it doesn't actually solve anything. It didn't solve anything. And, of course, the worst thing was for LBC, for the NUJ members, if there was a little radio station that went on strike out in the suburbs, we, we, we came out in sympathy, because we were the biggest NUJ shop. It was all pretty bizarre. never quite understood. You know, all I wanted to do was work. Because people didn't understand that if you didn't work, you didn't get paid. You know, pensions, good Lord. Long forgotten for people who are self-employed, I'm afraid. Gary Barlow has revealed the Queen wants who to sing at her 85th birthday. Got myself a crying talking. <laughs> she wants Cliff Richard. She's, she's going to be 85, he's 72. Uh, apparently, uh, Wills and Harry want Jay-Z. I would have thought Beyonce. She's got a programme coming up on ITV. And, um... I think it's going to be quite good. Beautifully put together by the look of it. I like that idea. I like that. Uh, 84850, uk. So, are you going on strike? Are you on strike? You know, or if if you're going away, you're now thinking, I wish we'd not pick this blooming day. I wish we'd not pick this one. 84850, uk. please. We'd like to hear from you this morning. And uh, I'm dreading... Your show this morning, says Ian, as yesterday I slipped on a clear... Oh, God, my hand hurts, sorry. On a clear plastic sheet on the way to work and ripped my left thigh muscle. You always make me laugh and that increases the pain. I could switch off, but the ear's got the brain on the side, so it's no stroke here. No strike here. That's Ian in Surbiton. I don't know, I've done something in my hand today. I don't know what it is, but it's, uh, apart from strange scratches that appear on my body, and, and I, I, I checked myself in the mirror this morning. I sort of stood there, naked, and uh, hold that thought. 
Okay, now throw it away again. And and I was sort of looking, thinking, where do these marks come from? You wake up in the morning, you've got most peculiar marks on your body. It's almost like I've been used as experiment. It's aliens. I've been abducted by an alien. It would explain a lot, actually. And I've been taken away to a galaxy far, far away. And they then did some experiments on me, which involved pushing their hands. I did dream about somebody last night in this building. I dreamt about somebody on the news desk. It's really embarrassing. It's because the dream was so vivid that when I walked in this morning, I thought, I wonder if they dreamt about me. And, and they didn't, of course, but you don't like to mention it. Have you ever, driven, have you, have you ever dreamt about people at work? Isn't that bizarre? Why would, why would that be? Although somebody did tell me the other week they, they dreamt about me. I called the police. I'm having no truck with people. It's not messing around with my emotions, thank you very much indeed. It's coming up to the Christmas time. I think people do it to get an extra present. I think they do it to think, you know, if, if I say, oh, I dreamt about it the other night, then maybe, you know, they'll sort of take, take me out for dinner or something like that. The answer is no, no. The sexy Russian spy can stay. This is uh, Ekaterina, whatever she is. Sexy is the last thing she is. That is not sexy. I'm sorry, I know what sexy looks like, and that ain't it. You know, I'm, I'm not being rude, I'm just being kind. That's not sexy. Whichever way that you try and tart it up, it's not. Not at all. Uh, another one here, very quickly. It's just trying to find... It's, it's uh, the, the One Direction boys are filming something in the park again. So the boys with lots of makeup and no spots, apparently, which is always good news, I always think. If you're going to be a Boise band, make sure you don't have too many spots. But, uh, as I said before, thank God for hide and heal, eh, which is good news. And then yesterday, I turned on the television, and I do expect people to be there to present their, their programmes. You know, if, if they say, this is, you know, the tweenies, I expect the tweenies all to be there. Don't expect somebody to sort of disappear off something else. It shows distinct lack of loyalty. So Blue Peter, now in its much miniaturised form, coming from a Manchester broom cupboard, I suspect, judging by the side of the studio, um, had the, the girl on it, whose name I can't think, Helen somebody, and no Barney. And the reason there was no Barney, I thought perhaps it's illness that has prevented him from working for his main job. No, he was rehearsing for pantomime. So he couldn't be bothered to turn up for Blue Peter. So they brought in that bloke from the uh, Channel 5 gadget show, Autis somebody. And he then came... I mean, he must be about 50. And he came on a little scooter. It just it was a bit, a bit sad, really. Because at one time on Blue Peter, if there was one away, they had always two other people to fall back on. Now, it's been, the budget has been cut by so much that it's, it's now noticeable. And, and it's, it's all a bit... It's a bit sad, actually. It's a bit sad. Is the job centre shut today, says Lynn? I just lost my job in the NHS, need to make a new claim, unfortunately, to get £67 a week. No food, never mind Christmas presents this year. I don't know, I'm assuming it'll be closed today. Or if it, if, if it is opening, it will be a, uh, uh, I think, probably a limited service. Limited service. Poor little Jeff Mark, 68, obviously your age, dear, says 12 days of you on the trot. That's decided me Christmas abroad. Liar. You'll be there. You'll be there like you are every year because you haven't got anything else to do. That will be you straight away. And uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here. Oh, that uh, Gamu, the former X Factor star, has won her right to stay in the country. Uh, because you remember her and her family fled from Zimbabwe. But in fact, strangely enough, they were still going backwards and forwards there on holidays, which was lovely. But now they've been given leave to stay here all the time. James Murdoch has been re-elected as chairman of Sky. And guess what iconic fish and chip shop has closed down? Harry Ramsden's. The very first Harry Ramsden's has closed. This is after, you know, it opened in 1928. 
uh, 24 staff in there. It was the biggest Harry Ramsden's. And the reason it closed, not because people have fallen out of love with fish and chips, because we're British, it's because there are so many other Harry Ramsden's. Now, people used to go to this one, which was in West Yorkshire, a place called, I think, Geisley. Geisley in, in, in West Yorkshire. And so they closed it, saying, it's a bit of a shame, really, but that's the nature of the beast. It was very big, served thousands of fish and chip dinners. How lovely. It's LBC 97.3. It's 5.30. Morning. 28 minutes to, uh, to six. Team. Uh, Furious sports stars and presenters have branded the BBC a disgrace yesterday for failing to do what? Shortlist any women for Sports Personality of the Year. It's all blokes, not one woman in there. The corporation's own pundits called it a desperate situation after ten men were put through to face a public vote. No female athletes were included, despite the likes of swimmers Rebecca Adlington, uh, Kerri-Ann Payne and triathlete Chrissy Wellington winning world goals this year. Nobody's on it. Mark Cavendish is up for cycling. Uh, Darren Clark for golf. Alistair Cook for cricket, Luke Donald for golf, Mo Farah for athletics, Di Green, athletics, Amir Khan for boxing, Rory uh, Kilroy for golf, Andy Murray for tennis, and Andrew Strauss for cricket. No women in there at all. Not one single woman. Isn't that a disgrace? I always thought it was a bit naff, actually, the sports personality of the year. You know, they've sort of come up with these... Who who picks that, that group of people? And why have they not picked any women? I mean, there are loads and loads of women that you could pick for this. Wouldn't it be nice to see it going to a woman? It's ridiculous. Even, even presenters have come out and said, this just isn't right. Gabby Logan called the move backwards. She says, we moan about women having no positive role models, but they're there in sport. We need to promote them. It's about the domination of male sport in the media. She's absolutely right. She's abs- All we see on the television are, are women in, in the role of bimbo presenters. They just sit there and have to read an auto cue and sort of have to sort of, you know, play up to the... Although so many producers at the BBC are gay now, you know, I'm surprised they even bother with women at all. Might as well just put men on, but most of the men are totally inept. You've only got to look at the one show to realise what lame presenting actually looks like on the screen. It's just abysmal. It is just appalling. It could be so much better. I know it sounds awfully old-fashioned, but years ago, you had proper presenters. Now, if somebody's been on a reality show a couple of times, and they go, oh, you'll do, because the public obviously like you. And that's how they seem to be booking people. They don't seem to be booking people on the talent of actually communicating with somebody. They don't seem to have any of that nowadays, and I find it dreadful. Let's of course, you think differently. 84850, uk. Uh, Jane Moore today... Is talking about, well, a lot of things, actually. Talking about uh, Angelina Jolie, Lady Gaga, and uh, the X-Factor judge, Tulisa, who's... Uh, the, I don't think any of the judges are any cop, actually. I like Gary Barlow, but they're not really contributing to... Even he, he must realise what a pile of old poo it is. You know, they must do. It's, it's, it's a bit of a joke programme, but it's entertaining. We like it. But as somebody said this week, all it is is people, you know, I'm doing this for my fans, I'm doing this for everybody, this is my big thing in life. It's a load of old rubbish. It's a singing competition. They'll all go on a tour next year, they'll all make a few thousand quid and they'll all disappear. Because next year there'll be another one of these programmes. But she does talk about former Big Brother star, thicker of the First Order, Chantelle Houghton, who admitted that she thought, wait, wait for this... The sun and the moon were the same thing. 
until fiancé Alex Reed, still married to somebody else, put her right. The joke is on Chantel, says Jane Moore. Or then again, is it on the British education system, in which she spent 12 years, but has seemingly emerged to be so dense that light bends around her? I mean, fancy not knowing that the sun and the moon were different. I mean, how... I mean, she's presumably having a laugh, but we did see her on the programme. She is immensely dense. I mean, she is thick as a brick. It's just... I mean, it, you, I mean, I fail to understand, even in this day and age, I mean, you couldn't understand somebody being that dim. But we have seen Alex Reid interviewed on programmes, and he, he's, not, he's not much brighter, I'm afraid. Not much brighter. Uh, other stories in the paper today. Oh, Jessica Jane Clement. OK, you've had your five minutes, love. Back in your box. And stay there until they sort of dredge you up again. It's lovely, you know, but there's lots of people who can wear bikinis and have their nails done. Here she is with her fiancé or boyfriend. He's an attractive person. And uh, anyway, she's revealed what she missed most in the jungle. Wait for this. Not her parents or her family or her loved ones. No, she missed chocolate and sex. God, you're so classy. You really are, Jessica Jane. You really are. You're absolutely wonderful. You're a credit to the younger generation. You really are. We're going to give you a huge round of applause today. Uh, Philip says, just as well you didn't catch Blue Peter on Monday, Helen had that very interesting presenter and former policeman, Rav Wilding. What's that sound I hear? Oh, it's the scraping of the bottom of a barrel. Yes, I know. I mean, I can't bear Rav Wilding either. He, he also went out with Chantelle. You remember? I mean, it's... it's mind you, she's, she has been around the block, hasn't she? If you'd, Rav Wilding. And then, of course, she was married to Samuel or Sam, as we called him, but everybody called him Preston, because for some reason calling somebody by their surname makes them more interesting. No, he was another one who wasn't the brightest penny. We didn't know who he was. I just knew that somebody described him once as an ordinary boy, and I thought, yes, he's very ordinary, very plain. Turned up at the Big Brother house, lots of tattoos, smoked, didn't really do very much, intelligent French girlfriend, discovered Chantel, thought, wait a minute, publicity, publicity. They got married, they both made uh, quite a bit of money out of it. There's no incentive to work nowadays. Don't bother getting up for work. In fact, uh, my, my recommendation is today, just go on strike. There's no incentive to work whatsoever. However, if you're really feeling hungry, Heston Blumenthal has reinvented Black Forest Gatto. He's now, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if you can reinvent. I don't think it needs reinventing. But this one here, he, he, his new look version has seven layers, brace yourself, with chocolate sponge... Chocolate mousse, kirsch, soaked cherries, and cherry confit. Don't even know what that is. It sounds. I don't care. It sounds fantastic. But we used to have because that was the big thing years ago. You go. Uh, I think we have black forest gatto, and they get drunk cream on it. Yeah, like it was really exciting. And they bring out they get <laughs> the squirty cream. And then, of course, if you sat there looking at it for about five minutes, the squirty cream evaporated. You know, so you'd be chatting away to people. You turn around, the cream had gone. I made a whole trifle with squirty cream once. It was rubbish. But, uh, but they use it in Starbucks. <laughs> round the top, and then they do a pretty pattern. It's all very nice. But I love the idea of a, of a Black Forest Gatto. It's going on sale in uh, Waitrose today. And it's £12.99. That seems quite a lot. There's something about Black Forest Gatto, isn't there? In fact, the more kirsch it's got in it, the more alcoholic it becomes. And the more interesting it becomes, as far as I'm concerned. You could just eat some Black Forest Gatto. Now, not with squirty cream. I used to keep squirty cream in the fridge years and years ago, but it has to be with uh, with, with with fresh cream. Yum, 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 yum. Uh, or failing that, you could always use half-fat creme fraiche. That's quite nice, actually. I like creme fraiche. I use that in a lot of my cooking when I'm in the kitchen creating, because I'm bringing out a recipe book next year. Steve Allen's Culinary Delights will be on sale in all leading book uh, stores. Uh, Steve, I'm not going on strike. However, the building I work in is going to be closed. 
So we're having a two-hour staff meeting in Starbucks. Oh, God. First of all, prams. Now all the strikers in Starbucks. I'm not sure I can cope today. Uh, the only biscuits to survive dunking are ginger biscuits, says Iris. I do like ginger biscuits. And uh, Hannah says, I managed to get a box of mini tangerines from High Street Ken M&S. Very expensive, though, three ninety nine. I couldn't find them anywhere yesterday. I could not find them anywhere. And I'm so looking forward to it. Mind you, Marks and Spencer's Twickenham is kind of like the last place to get, you know, these sort of things. We seem to be end of the queue. When we do get them, we get a few little things in. You think, if, if they're on sale and they're only coming from Thatcham, all this stuff, which is where their big depository is, then bring them down to us. I'm assuming everything is coordinated on the till. Do you know that they're given times on the tills in Marks and Spencer's to serve people? You're supposed to do so many items in so much time, and if you don't do it, you get into big trouble. I thought it was quite a good idea. Quite a good idea. Uh, sneaky shoppers are doing something... Oh, no, I, won't, I won't tell you what it is, actually, because you'll all pick up on what it is. I'm not going to tell you, because it's a way of cheating the system in the high street and getting money back for things, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, because I don't think it's, uh, don't think it's a good idea. Models are going to hit the catwalk this year, coated in a chocolate fake tan. A chocolate fake tan. The chocolate tan, an alternative to traditional sprays, comes in light, milky and dark shades, created by the organisers of the Clothes Show Live fashion event with the help of a chocolate maker. It's said to be non-streaky and easy to wash off. Mariam, who's uh, a producer of the bash at Birmingham's NEC, says it'll make our models look and smell good now they're tastier than ever. They haven't quite decided they're going to put it on sale. Well, you can buy this. If you want to, if you want to perk up your love life, if you want to perk up your love life. I was sent some years ago um, a pot of, of liquid chocolate and a paintbrush. And the idea is you actually paint your body with it, OK, and your partner then attempts to chip it off again. And I have to be honest, I, 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 put it, I, I, I sort of have a romantic evening. And and I sort of I'm sort of like I'm painting it all over. Drop your arms around the bottom of your neck, a little bit on your face. Twenty four hours I was lying there. Twenty four hours. In the end, I thought, well, there's nobody going to turn up at the door. So I sort of got up and stood in the shower and washed it all off again. And that was that. That was my foray into the world of edible chocolate. But apparently, it's supposed to be very erotic. I didn't find it erotic at all. I'm afraid. I didn't. I found it more erotic having a hot water bottle. And there was nothing erotic about painting your body in chocolate. But then they said, oh, you can do this and then cover yourself in glitter. What the dickens do you want to do that? doesn't make anybody more attractive, let me tell you. Talking of attractive, have you ever found anything unnecessary in food? There's a bloke here, his name's Ross Dance, and he goes out and he goes to Nando's, which is very popular because they do chicken and they do Smarties and all sorts of other things. And he orders a chicken wrap. And he bites into it. And he goes, Ugh! Inside, a live frog. Minus one of its legs. And it turns out, he thinks, he's probably eaten one of this frog's legs. But, I mean, you would know if you'd eaten a frog's, frog's leg. You would. Uh, he, he's an account manager. He says there was a whole frog in there. It was still alive. I felt really ill. He was very angry. He, he went to them and he got his £44 back. Obviously more expensive in Nando's than I thought. And, uh, and now it's only got three limbs. And so he took a photograph of it and then he took it home. He said, I don't understand how anybody can put a wrap together and not see a frog. I'm livid. I won't eat at Nando's again. Well, of course, well, I mean, you, know, you wouldn't if, of course, it's true. 
You know, if it's true, and somebody's put a rap together, and they haven't seen a frog. I mean, Nando's answer was, and they don't have the frog to test, was that it maybe came in in a salad. But, I mean, if you're putting salad on a wrap, you, you put the chicken on, then you put the salad on, you would notice a frog, would you not? This thing was moving. But he says, unfortunately, this is a spokesman for Nando's, as Mr Dance refuses to give us the foreign object, we're unable to fully understand where it came from to reach a final conclusion. And they say, quite rightly, we take very good care about our food preparation. I mean, out of all the things you're going to find, that would be the last thing that you'd be, you'd be thinking about finding in your food, uh, you know, a meal that moves. The meal that moves, the, uh, the live frog inside the Nando's wrap. It's quite a big frog. It's not, not a small... Not a small frog either. It's, so it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that I suppose you could... I have eaten frog's legs before. To be honest with you, I'm not, not really that interested in things like that. Uh, Sarah in St Albans says the job centres are closed today. So, wonderful to be able to listen to you over Christmas. Can never get enough of the programme. Well, there's going to be so much to talk about over Christmas and we'll, we'll do all sorts of exciting things. Tatiana says, no, I'm not striking, though I wish I was. Why? Why would, you, why would you wish you were striking? What would be the point of wishing you were striking? It's a bit silly, isn't it? You, you're not striking, but you wish you were. Well, go on strike, then. Or are you not in, in the industry? Uh, eight for eight. Gordon, I do remember Jane Moore, of course, very well indeed. And, uh, and John that she did the breakfast show with. Yes. John, um... I can't remember what his surname now was. But, uh, yes, I remember that. That was when we were in, a, in another building. I remember it very well. I remember most things. Some things I can't remember. Uh, and uh, in a moment, the Jehovah's Witnesses who had an operation. They've gone against the religion because they're not, there's supposed to be no exchange of bloods, I think. And so uh, why have they had it done? We'll find out in a moment. Plus the Drifters who record a song for a Brit fan's funeral. All of that and more. To other side of the news because it's quarter to six. These are the headlines. It's thought nine out of ten schools across the country will be closed today as the biggest national strike in 30 years gets underway. Up to two million public sector workers have started the 24-hour walkout over pension reform. There will also be disruption at hospitals, courts, government buildings and job centres. The UK is facing another six years of austerity today after George Osborne admitted the country's finances are in an even worse state than feared. During his autumn statement, the Chancellor said the stalling economy means efforts to reduce the deficit will have to continue far beyond the next election, 2015. Let's have a check on the uh, road, shall we, this morning, down to the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre. Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Well, due to the strike action... Steve Allen. All this weather, you know, it's having a dire effect on the skating rinks. Westfield... Uh, in uh, Stratford, East London, and in Manchester, Tunbridge Wells and Winchester, have had to close their ice rinks because the ice turned to slush. Because it's too warm. They're looking for... Mind you, yesterday, windy. (whistles) Miserable, overcast, horrible. Oh, depressing weather it was yesterday. I looked up into the sky and I thought, go on, rain, damn you, rain. And and it didn't. It just sort of... It was was just a little bit of rain, but nothing nothing too much to... uh, to worry about. Lots of people growing moustaches. This is for, for apparently people grow moustaches in November for, for charity. But I'm more interested in the fact that um, there's a, a car killer here. Uh, he, w- he, was, he was a driver and he killed a motorcycle because he was texting on the phone. He was texting on the phone while he was driving. Texting on the... I mean, can you believe texting on the phone? And you think to yourself, you must be a complete idiot. 
I see people driving down the motorway doing all sorts of strange things. I haven't actually seen anybody texting as yet, but I see people walking down the road. You see people walking towards you. There's some buffoon who walks down the road over the bridge reading a book and walking along. And then you see mothers with prams pushing, pushing a pram and then sort of and texting. And you think, can't you wait till you get there? How important is it? Not that important, is it? I don't think. Uh, Robert's on the M4. Morning, Robert's. Good morning, Steve. Um, I'm hands-free. Bless your heart for that. But I've just uh, landed from Singapore at five past five, and by half past five, I was out at my car. Good God. So there is um, a better service than ever today at Heathrow. I was expecting... that You can see that they've made provisions for, uh, for long queues with tables every 100 metres with water and, uh, and apples and crisps on it. Um, but actually, the service today was just extraordinarily good. Lots of smiley, happy people. <laughs> do you think it's because it's this time of the morning? Well, I, I you know, I, I don't know what it's going to be like at midday, mm. but I can only comment on my, you know, the service that I got, and it was literally 20, 25 minutes from the plane door to my car door. Wow, that's what I call fast service. Robert, thank you for that very much indeed. So if you're heading out to the airport, now good time to go. Good time to go now. Later on, maybe not so good. And that's why probably later on today we're going to get people phoning LBC going, oh, my God, I'm out here. It's a disaster. It's absolutely terrible. But it's, at the moment, good. Coming in, got to the car, in the car, heading back home. London Street's not very busy. And uh, to be honest with you, well, job centres closed, OK? Also, uh, there'll be a bit of disruption at hospitals. The only disruption you will notice at hospitals, because most people in hospitals are very committed, far more committed than anybody else you'll ever find. And uh, there will be operations going ahead. There might be some operations which are non-vital, which they will just put off and they will do later on. Courts, uh, I should imagine, will be disrupted. I mean, I'm willing to go down there and pass judgment, if you like. I'm, I'm more than happy to sort of spare a few hours. Going to... Guilty. Sorry? Guilty. For what? Just anything. Guilty. OK, hanging today. I put the little black cap on. We can do it. We can get rid of people very quickly. Government buildings and job centres. So not not too much. And schools as well. I think there'll be people walking out of schools, but then the kids will love it. Parents are going, what am I supposed to do now? The answer is, well, you'll probably have to take time off work as well. So we'll get through it. It's not, you know, it's not like it's the war or anything like that. It's only a few people going out on strike. There's 70 million of us in the country. There might be, you know, a million people going on strike. <laughs> nothing. We get through it. We get through it. We don't need to make a big drama out of everything, do we? Uh, I've just heard, says Paul, of the new Channel 4 show. Uh, first of all, we had the serious one. Then we had Dave Lamb, funny ones. Then we had the celebrity ones. Now we have Come Date With Me. Apparently, same format, just a pile of sad folks who want their two minutes of fame and want to be humiliated at the same time. Sounds riveting. He said, did you watch That's Britain? I have to ask, is Esther going to sue? A blatant rip-off of That's Life, if ever I saw one. Only Annie Mizzen, the little lady who didn't drink, Cyril and his odd odds, and another person with a tattoo who did a, a come dine with me. I wonder what happened to him. Diana went to Nando's for lunch for her birthday. I trust she came home frogless. <laughs> I think she, there is a Nando's in Richmond. <laughs> Minus frog. Minus frog. I've only ever been to one once. I didn't like the experience, actually. I don't know what sort of food I like. It's very difficult to... Uh, to actually decide what sort of... F- and also £44. That seemed quite expensive for a meal for two people. Especially when I thought it was it was supposed to be a lot cheaper. So, have you t- have you texted at the wheel of your car? If you get caught, there's all sorts of horrendous things. But th- this particular guy denied he'd been uh, using his mobile. But, you know, I mean, because he's stupid, they just check the history and they go, well, you certainly were. Look, at the time, here it is. 
Anyway, the, uh, the, uh, uh, even the time to text eight characters is the time it takes to kill a man. So the distracted motorist's arrogance costs married factory worker Nigel Earnshaw his life. The 58-year-old was riding his bike to start a nice shift when Rawlinson's Ford Focus ploughed into him at a roundabout. He was rushed to hospital, but uh, sadly died from deep vein thrombosis three days later. And you see it all the time, absolutely on a daily basis. I see everything. I see bus drivers on their phones. I see cab drivers on their phones. I see minicab drivers. Everybody's on their phones. Everybody's on their phones. I see street cleaners in Twickenham pushing the barrow and on their phone at the same time. I mean, it's just amazing. Just, you ever done it? You ever done it? Do let me know. 84850, uk. Also, we're going to ask you today if you're, if you're going on strike. Do you want to go on strike? You've been pushed out. Pressure of work. Everybody else in your department going on strike? Do let me know. 84850, uk. LBC973, or 08456060973. If you're going on strike. Uh, if you're going up to the airport, have you made provision? Have you checked? Have you checked that, you know, your flights are going to leave on time? Have you made provision for leaving in plenty of time, just in case? Because, as Simon Calder will probably tell you later on, it's the uh, it's the knock-on effect. It's the knock-on effect. Uh, and the knock-on effect is that uh, the planes that should be here probably aren't here. They're elsewhere. So as people stopped working, the plane that should have been here to take people on to Glasgow is probably still sitting at Glasgow Airport, because it hasn't taken off. So the problem that you're going to have is that you're here and you'll be waiting for hours. And if the plane's not here, the crew's not here. And if the crew's not here, the plane ain't taking off. So that's the problem you're going to have. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. Simon Calder will be down at the airport a little bit later on. We'll have, uh, we'll have a check uh, with him. But I'd love to know if, you, if you've been forced to go out. Has there been pressure on you to come out on strike? Do let me know, 0845 973 And uh, if you've been affected by it, although, to be honest with you, at five to six in the morning, I think, you know, we've just heard that somebody's just might, uh, what's it, just got through the airport in the fastest time possible. It's nice when you can get through that quickly. It's so rare, isn't it? You go through and you go, problem? What problem? You watch it till later on. But they've laid out all their tables. As he said, it was it's all there. It just, uh, it just... I suppose, really hinges on whether or not you are going to head up to the airport and add to the chaos. But if you can put your flight off and maybe do it tomorrow, it would be a lot easier. 0845 6060973 or 84850. Uh, The other thing is, do you think Conrad Murray serving, they say, two years in prison for the death of Michael... They've sentenced him to four years... But to be honest with you, I don't actually think he will serve the four years. I think he'll probably serve two years. They've said that there could be a fine, but they've also said he doesn't have any money. Even though Michael was paying him something like £98,000 a month. £98,000. And you wonder, where's the money going? Answer, he had big debts. So now he's not going to be earning any money, so he's not going to better pay out. Although how you pay out to the family over something like this, I've got no idea. I don't know what, what price you would set on it. As usual with the American courts, it could be some ludicrous sum of money, like $100 million, of which, you know, it will never see the light of day. He will never have to pay that. I think he'll serve less than two years. I'm absolutely convinced that the American system is such that they will say, in a year, he will be out. Whether he'll be allowed to practice again, I've got no idea. 
I would, I would, I would like to find out exactly how the American justice system works, as opposed to, uh, as opposed to our one. The, the problem is that all those people who'd shelled out money to go and see Michael Jackson are now deprived of that. The family are deprived. And as you know, we actually spoke to Jermaine about the whole thing, and he, he was convinced that Dr Murray would be found guilty. He was absolutely right on that one. And he says, I hope he's going to be haunted by what he's done. I think he probably will be, although judging by his appearance in the American courts, he appeared to be quite blank about the whole thing. He, he, he was very much sort of staring at without thinking about the implications. You know, there were lots of arguments over Michael wasn't really fit enough to come here. Well, I bought the This Is It DVD. He looked perfectly fit to me. He might have had moments where he was tired, but then I, I could probably go round West End theatres and show you cast members who are, who are very, very tired. They come off stage, you know, they're very energetic when they're on stage, but they come off stage and they're, they're absolutely exhausted. 08456060973, or LBC973. And, of course, as the Chancellor, George Osborne, says the UK is facing another six years of austerity, we'd like to cheer you all up. So tell us about anything coming up that you're looking forward to. I mean, hopefully Christmas. You know what, people... But I can guarantee somebody will be going, not having any Christmas this year because this happened, all that happened. And, uh, yeah, Saturday might be looking forward to. Yeah. New outfit, things like that. I'll tell you, I'm trying to think what makes me happy. I was thinking about this... At one point, I thought buying a new car would make me happy. So I bought a brand-new Mini, as you know, and it was chocolate brown... It was OLR299W. Don't ask me why I bought chocolate brown. I probably thought it was a, a lucky colour or something. And I went to pick my, my friend Jimmy up. And, and we went out in the new car. And it was really exciting. And we both smoked. Unfortunately, within ten minutes, he dropped his cigarette between his legs and burnt the seat. Uh, I'd stopped in Southall to change my anorak. I was wearing a rather fetching anorak at the time. And completely forgot about checking the mirror. And a car went by and took my door off. So we limped back to the garage with a burnt seat and a no driver's door. So having had the car for precisely less than an hour, it went in to spend the next three weeks there being put back together. I then, when I did get the thing back together, start driving backwards and forwards down the motorway. The one thing you cannot do in a Mini is do a lot of mileage because the little engine wasn't up to it. And so within about the space of six to nine months, I needed a new engine in the car. It was jinxed, but I have got fond memories of it. Although, if you're over five foot tall, buying a Mini is not the best car you can buy. You get out of it and you think, oh, goodness me, I ache to pieces. It's LBC 97.3. Good morning. On FM, online and... Good morning, seven minutes past six. Nice every company. Welcome to uh, Wednesday, strike day. But as you've heard at Heathrow... It's all, it's all tickety-boo at the moment. It can, it can only go pear-shaped a little bit later on. So if you're heading up to Heathrow, I'd love you to give me a ring and just let me know if you're, if you're hoping to take off this morning. I think it should go OK. I'm hoping it's going to go OK. All right, so you're going to lose out at uh, some hospitals where they're not going to be carrying out every single operation, but they will be doing a lot of them. If it's a necessary operation, they'll do it. If it's an operation that can be put on hold, then it will put on hold. Uh, a lot of the courts will be closed today, government buildings, which won't make any difference to us whatsoever, and job centres. But there again, you can always go tomorrow. And there'll be schools which will be closed as well, which might cause a bit of disruption to parents. Kids, of course, absolutely loving it. Go on strike every day, I should imagine they must be saying. 0845 6060 973 uk. And uh, well done to the, uh, the hotel group Travel Lodge. They're offering a free night's stay between Christmas Eve and the 12th night to couples called Mary and Joseph and anybody called Jesus. So... 
be an entertaining idea, won't it? There'll be lots of people called Jesus. So there'll be a lot of South Americans going, I think we're staying in a travel lodge for free this year. But whether or not there are actually any couples called Mary and Joseph remains to be seen, apart from the original ones from Bethlehem, who booked into the stable. But I bet you anything, we will find some somewhere. There will be a, somebody this morning, I'm promising you, will tell me that their auntie and uncle are Mary and Joseph. And we will find a Jesus between now and seven o'clock, which, uh, which is very good. Unfortunately, you'll have to provide proof. That could be, the, could be the difficult thing nowadays, I should imagine. Only yesterday, says Phil, did I decide not to strike my union, and most of the teachers in my school are. I'm dreading going in today, but I must do what I feel is right. I won't be pressured into doing something I don't want to do. And I think that's what it comes down to. It comes down to pressure. In a lot of strikes, it does come down to pressure. You know, people have been sent to Coventry before. People have been bullied at work for not going out on strike. Personally, I've never thought it actually solves anything. I really have not not when the country is in the state it's in at the moment. Although having heard from the Leveson inquiry the other day where journalists were saying that bullying in Fleet Street was was absolutely rife. It was a case of we have the story, I don't care what you do. There was one journalist for the Daily Star, I think. And uh, when Susan Boyle was big news, they said, "Listen, go up to there, uh, to where where she lives, buy a kilt and buy a bunch of flowers and propose to her." And he went, right, and that's what they were... He said it, it wasn't a case of what damage you were doing to the person, it was whether or not you could get the story that would sell the newspapers. And so Fleet Street... never came as any surprise to me that most of it was a pile of old rubbish, that they would actually make up stories and they would put things out and then all they do the following week is just do a small apology and just go, terribly sorry, uh, this actually uh, didn't happen and our sources were incorrect, and that covered it. But they'd already got the main story on the front page. Uh, Joseph, oh, we found a Joseph in Kingsbury. That was fast. Not sure whether he wants to marry somebody called Mary. He says, on using mobile phones whilst driving, if you work for BP, the health and safety directive says you must switch off your mobile before you drive to work or drive home from work. Well, I think there should be something in your car that can switch it off for the duration of the journey. I, don't, I mean, I'm sure with all these things that they can make nowadays, they must be able to buy something like that. I would think so. So we, we've discovered Heathrow Airport's looking fairly promising. Tracy's now going to tell us about Gatwick Airport. Morning, Tracy. Morning. Morning. So are you all right out there? Yes. We've just come through um, Gatwick Airport, mm. and um, it was a breeze. It was a breeze. There was lots of police there at the uh, passport control. Um, a few flights had landed, and um, it, was, it, it was very smooth. Cool, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I love it. You know, when, I, I love it when it's things like that and people say, oh, there's going to be disruption. You get there and you go, I don't think there's okay. any disruption at all. We were so worried that we were going to be held up yeah. for such a long time, but um, we, we came out quicker than we've ever come out. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you'll be using Gatwick again, will you? Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Where, where have you just come from? Uh, Barbados. Oh, how nice. Yes, it was. I'm assuming the weather was dreadful and horrible and the food was awful and... No, it was all <laughs> lovely. It was all fantastic. We were there for our anniversary. So, oh, uh, how nice. Well, well, welcome back, though, Tracy, to Thank miserable weather, I'm afraid. I know. It's nice to be home. Good. Sleep well. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye. There's Tracy. So, Gatwick's good. Twelve past six in the morning. Everybody at Gatwick going. It's amazing, isn't it? We're getting all these positive reactions about Heathrow Airport and Gatwick. Anybody out at Stansted this morning? Anybody out that neck of the woods? Let me know. 
Uh, David has just finished his shift at police uh, headquarters quality r- control room just outside London. Out of a shift of 40 people, only two walked out on strike at midnight. I don't think it's going to cause much hassle at all. I would like to think that that would be the case. I know it's an awful... I think we should band together on this one, don't you? I'm not on strike. You know, I don't think... I mean, not that I, I would be going on strike anyway. I've never, I don't think I've ever... St- struck and striked in my life i don't think i've ever d- i can't remember actually i know as i said before we used to have a history of of strikes back in the uh, in the 70s there were lots of strikes going on all the time for the most ridiculous things but uh, one here says steve i work for the nhs barely anybody striking in our hospital so service almost normal to the best of my knowledge and i love listening to you uh, Pete says, I've been retired for so many years but i think i'll put my head in the oven like the rest of the sheep and go on strike today i'm going to stay in bed Lovely idea. I don't think it solves anything. They're going to be talking on, on breakfast. Bob Crow's going to come in to review the papers. And he's, he's probably going to tell you that the strike's rock solid and this and that. But we're hearing completely different things at the moment. I know it's early days. Pastors actually make up their own minds about whether or not you want to go on strike. And if you don't want to go on strike, don't go on strike. And you're not then going to be pilloried afterwards by workmates bullying you or the union bullying, bullying you. So go on, said to you, listen, you really should. It's for the good of this and good of that. Even though they, the government have said, listen, we're in the middle of a recession. This is not solving any problem whatsoever. All the people who, you know, things can't happen to, the kids who won't go to school today, they miss out on their education. All right, only one day we can sort it out. People who want to go to hospital, things like that. You know, government, I couldn't care less about government buildings. It makes no difference at all to me. But uh, if you've been affected, let me know. LBC Nightbury. It's always nice to save a few quid where you can these days. But when you sign up for congestion charging auto pay, you'll save yourself one pound free. Steve Allen. Morning. Do you know how you could lose out on a job these days? If you've got a weak handshake. Apparently, a weak handshake is the difference between getting the job and not getting the job. Because, you know, some, some people got wet, clammy sort of handshakes. Some people are very firm very sort of butch handshakes, you know. And I, th- I don't know, well, well, you know, if somebody, I've nearly had my wrist crushed before now, you know, with sort of somebody shaking your hand. And uh, it's been described as the, the limp fish. 36% of Britons apparently have limp handshakes, which is not good. Uh, it's easy to dismiss the handshake, goes Judy James, who's reared her head yet again, uh, as a mystifying social ritual. But the handshake is one of our most important and basic forms of communication. Well, I have to be honest, I've never actually had a job that's hinged on a handshake. I thought it, it relied, on, well, especially in this business. You imagine, they go, you might be absolutely terrible on the radio, but you've got a great handshake. So that's fantastic, then. That's the one that works, isn't it? Every time for me, I'm afraid. Imagine the thing that doesn't work is over in the jungle, where uh, they're hungry, they're exhausted... A bit like being here at the moment, as I suppose. And uh, singer Peter Andre, I don't know, uh, is to make a special appearance where seven years ago he wooed Katie Price and thus launched a career uh, which was dead in the water. He only went out there to try and resurrect a career. Uh, the group uh, over in the jungle will receive a laminated card informing them that they're going to have a day of treats. To win the first one, they'll be asked to get up and dance in the style of music that will be played on set. Among the songs played will be Peter Andre's Mysterious Girl which is about 500 years out of date. When the music stops, the crew will wheel in a large box tied up with a ribbon and with the word treat. The celebrities will unlock the box and Peter Andre will jump out. It's too exciting for words. More treats will follow for successfully competing uh, and completing the other challenges involving Peter. The group will then have to compose a jungle song and perform it for him to judge. Not that he's had a hit since Mysterious Girl, but it's it's always worth it. Can you imagine? You're in the jungle and they go, and here's... 
a treat, and you think, oh, goody, food. No, Peter Andre. It's enough to make you despair, isn't it? There is a story about the drifters in the paper today. A family wrote off and said, listen, it's, it's lovely, but my, my mother was very ill and she liked this particular song. Could you record it for her or at least do something? So they did. And the lead singer, Michael Williams, uh, sent it back because the drifters were touring. And then in the papers it says, Michael Williams hits, you know, with the drifters, this, you know, up on the roof, Saturday night at the movie, blah, blah. And of course it's not true. Michael Williams never had any hits with the Drifters. In fact, the current lineup of the Drifters is Damien Charles, Ryan King, Carlton Powell, and Michael Williams, and they're about the 65th reincarnation of the Drifters, who were formed in the 50s. And uh, after the original Drifters, then it was Benny King's Drifters. You don't have any of these people, because we went on a, a ship ages ago, and they said, ladies and gentlemen, here are the Drifters, and on came this group, and I looked at them thinking, you're not the Drifters. You're not the Drifters. You might be called the Drifters, but you're certainly nothing to do with the original ones. And there was nobody from the original group in there. And at one time, I think there were three groups masquerading as the Drifters, touring around. One person owned the rights, and they licensed it to other people. So it was all a little bit disappointing, I'm afraid. So when they talk about the Drifters, and they say, and now we're going to sing one of our hits from... It's not, it's not them. It was somebody else who had, who had the hit. Talking of the hits, how much... As Charlotte Church revealed the other day to the Leveson Inquiry, she was offered £100,000 to serenade a wedding. How much money do you think people get? The Eagles, the American rock band, were offered and took £4 million to play their classic hit, Hotel California, at a private party. That was £600,000 a minute. Not bad going, is it? Not bad going. The Rolling Stones... Three and a half million. These are for private performances. Elton John uh, talks about these performances. He does about six a year. He calls them bank raids. And he gets about... I think it was Peter Shalson who paid him to sing at his wedding last year £2 million. So if you want Elton John, £2 million quid, he will come and sing at your wedding. If you want uh, Jennifer Lopez, Leona Lewis or Mark Ronson, a million Beyonce will cost you £1.2 million. This is for a private party. They will come and sing to you. If you want Westlife, £400,000, which I think is an absolute bargain. Earth, Wind and Fire played at Simon Cowell's birthday party, his 50th, and they got paid 100000 which seems blooming cheap. If you want Steve Brookstein, £2.50. Steve Brookstein will charge £2.50, uh, but if you, if you buy him a pint and a pie, he won't charge you at all. Uh, we like Steve Brookstein. We like Steve Brookstein a lot. It's as simple as that. So, let us know this morning, if you're, if you're going to be caught up in the strike, if you're going on strike, we definitely want to hear from you, uh, especially if you've been pressured into it. Do you want to go on strike, or do you not? If you've just flown back in, or you've encountered a little bit of problem, so far at the airport we've discovered Heathrow and Gatwick moving very, very well, in fact, faster than usual. Because I think people are now frightened to go up there. They're expecting queues later on, as it turns out that the planes which should be here are not, because certain people have gone on strike. We've heard from people in uh, the NHS, one particular hospital, service almost normal. We've heard from a police officer who works up at their uh, headquarters, the police control room, and only two people walked out of a 40-strong shift. So uh, is the strike crumbling already before it's even begun? 08456060973 or LBC973. You're going to be affected by. Have you cancelled things today? Have you spoken to the hospital and they've said, well, we're not going to be doing your operation, but uh, we'll book you in for next week? If it's not serious, then they probably will cancel just to ease the burden 
on the surgeons, because normally the hospital surgeries start operating for around about 8 o'clock in the morning. They're ready for first surgery by 8, which means that they're probably in there or on their way now. So you get there, you have a cup of tea, you sit down, you run through the list of what operations you've got to do today, and then they start dividing up into uh, who's going to be in which operating theatre. So when I had my operation, there were two operating theatres side by side. And so you went through the swing doors. It was a bit like going to see Father Christmas, except it was a bit more scary. And then you either go to the left or go to the right. I went to the left. And so they'll be doing that from 8 o'clock this morning. And I think, touch wood so far, they seem to be sort of... They seem to be moving through quite, quite well. Unless, of course, you work in a hospital and uh, you can tell me differently. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. A pub landlady in Birmingham, Steve, was called Mary Christmas. I've heard that one before, actually. Martin says, back in the 90s where I worked, we hadn't, uh, hadn't had a pay rise in six years. We decided to work to rule. That's when the CEO realised that by working to rule, he'd have to employ more staff or give some work to an outside company, i.e. less profit. That got us a pay rise. There's all these ladies in Birmingham. You see, the other day they went to court. They worked for Birmingham City Council and they wanted equal pay with the men, which is what we talked about three weeks ago on the programme. And they've won the court case. The court has decided Birmingham City Council has to pay, if the woman is doing exactly the same job, the same money. Why would you pay somebody differently? Brian says, uh, I drive a cab. Last year, nearing Christmas around midnight, six policemen checking for drunk drivers, freezing, dropped off my fare, and on the way back, stopped at an all-night tea bar, and got six, six large piping hot tomato soups. You should have seen their faces. I gave them one each and I left. They must have taken my registration number because I got a Christmas card signed by all six of them thanking me for my gift. Of course, I'm tempted to say that's a totally inappropriate uh, way to operate the police computer. Not allowed to just go on there and find out. Because I used to work at New Scotland Yard. And if you saw a number plate on a car... I could type it into the computer. Go, go, don't, don't tell anybody, for goodness sake. We drummed out the brownies for this one. And you type, type in the car and it would tell you who, whose, whose car it belonged to. Of course, at the time, I was typing in LBC1, 1LBC, uh, and finding out it was, on, it was on a Rolls-Royce, a green Rolls-Royce, LBC1, owned by the London Brick Company. wasn't half as exciting, I have to tell you. But uh, fancy, them, fancy them going to the computer to get your number. But mind you, tomato soup, always appreciated. Uh, Steve, Neil, Enfield. My brother and I drove back from Cornwall in the Range Rover yesterday, and we couldn't believe the amount of people driving and using their mobile phones. We even saw an Arctic lorry swerving back. The driver was rolling a cigarette. This, this doesn't come as any surprise to me. It really, I see people on the phone all the time. In fact, I did do it myself about two years ago. I wonder why the car behind, and I was parked, you know, heading up to traffic lights, kept hooting. I'd go, beep, 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 beep. And uh, so I looked in my mirror, and he gesticulated, you know, as only some people can, uh, that I was holding the phone up to my ear, and you know, put the phone down. And so I went... Okay, and they're sort of, it's, it's like you're not wearing your seatbelt sometimes. All of a sudden you see a policeman, and so you surreptitiously pull the seatbelt round you and then pretend it was there all the time. So sometimes you're just holding it, aren't you, to one side. Come on, we've all done that. We've all done that. Nope, just me again. I'm always the one who gets into trouble over these things. I decide to be totally honest with people, and then people say, can't do things like that, you know. 84850, uk. Uh, I work in an A&E department, helping people to get home, says Georgina, and making sure the elderly will manage. Quite a few staff are striking today. I'm not striking, as patient care is my priority. You see, I think a lot of people within the NHS will not strike, because it's a commitment, isn't it? You know, you, 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 I can't see anybody in the NHS saying, well, we're not doing that, and old people suffering, or young people, it doesn't matter who it is. 
somebody suffering. It's not in their remit at all. So they will, they will help out. And so that's why you might get some people. Some people might say, well, you know, I'm not that committed. I'm sure within every organisation that's striking today, there are some people who really couldn't care less and some people who are committed and say, no, I'm not going on strike. I'll do what I want to do. I will not be told. Uh, talking of being told, Dr Conrad Murray might not actually go to prison to serve his sentence. He might be uh, under house arrest. So he might actually better stay in his own house. Which seems a bit pointless, doesn't it, really? Apparently they aren't, they aren't geared up for things like that over there. Phil says, and how much do you charge for an appearance? Um, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked before, actually, now. You have to go with, with what's on offer. If somebody says, you know, I'm offering you £320,000, Steve, then, uh, of course, I'm there straight away. And if somebody says it's a bag of sprouts, I'm still there. Makes no difference to me. I just don't do the big fat sprouts, only the little sprouts. I might be buying a Jimmy Carr DVD. That he's in dreadful trouble. Jimmy, every time you open up the newspapers, Jimmy Carr's jokes are getting him into trouble. And, uh, and I watched Matthew Wright defending him on the television the other day. Very well, I thought, because it was over his alleged joke about the sunshine coaches from uh, the uh, Variety Club of Great Britain. And people were saying, oh, he was picking on Down syndrome. And strangely enough, Matthew Wright said, but he's never mentioned Down syndrome at all. A lot of the people that go on the, on the sunshine coaches, they're able-bodied. There's nothing the matter with them at all. There's all sorts of people they take. It's only if you want to see the joke in there and you want to see something that you find offensive that you will be offended. Shan't be buying Jason Manford's DVD, I don't think, for some reason. I don't know, I just don't find Jason Manford very funny. And I won't be buying Russell Howard either. But I might be buying Mildred Pierce, which I think is uh, is a new DVD out. Old, old story, which I think was with Joan Crawford, but there's a new version. It's LBC 97.3, and the time now, 6.30. Steve Allen. Strangely enough, strike day today, the entire public transport system in Northern Ireland's been shut down. And at the airport, it'll be immigration and customs that will not be working. But they've said they're not going to... You know, it'll not be a case of people just being allowed to walk straight through. There will be people manning uh, it. Uh, also, the buses, nobody's going anywhere. Although, looking at the picket lines around the country, very, very poor turnout. Two or three people with a flag does not, as far as I'm concerned, constitute a picket line. But I bet you anything, Nick will be talking about that today because it'll be nurses, lollipop ladies, teachers, social workers. Uh, and I'm assuming that he will have... Uh, all the best from the playground picket lines and the queues at Heathrow, because at the moment it's excellent to come through. Coming through, easy peasy. You'll be doing it in record time. Bob Crow, General Secretary of the RMT, will be in looking at the papers, although probably crowing over the idea that this could be a huge success. He'll be talking to Declan Harvey, our reporter, will be down at a, a school in Ladywell. Dan Friedman, our reporter, we've sent to Heathrow. Uh, plus, they'll be looking at the economic impact of the strikes, all with Nick Ferrari, with Tony Travers. Uh, plus, of course, uh, Jeremy Clarkson will be joining him at 9.46. <laughs> Must be a DVD for Christmas. Must be an Ed Balls discussing the autumn statement. Plus, who's staying at home with the kids and who's the striking teacher? All of that and more with Nick Ferrari this morning, after the news at uh, 7 o'clock. I love the idea that people are actually honest later in life. I quite like the idea that people sort of pinch a library book and then years later they get guilty consciences and they send it back with enough money to cover the fine. Because the stupid thing is that if, if you lose a library book, all you have to do is pay the list price. So if it, if, it, if it costs seven and sixpence, they convert that, surprisingly, into modern-day money. 
and that's what you pay if you lose the library. It seems fairly cheap to me to actually lose a library book. And then they go, well, actually, you know, you thought it was £22.50, but it wasn't. It was £1, 2 and sixpence, and so we're expecting you to pay back whatever it is, converted into the modern-day uh, money. And a thief who stole $30 from a department store in Seattle in the 1940s uh, repaid the debt with interest. He sent a confession note saying, I'm terribly sorry, I was hard up, so he sent them $100 and a confession. <laughs> Didn't put his name and address on it. Uh, Alan says, I wonder how many public workers will use this as a Christmas shopping day and then work some overtime to make up their money. Call me cynical. Please call me cynical. Well, you could be right. I should imagine lots of people will be. There's only a certain amount of people that are going to want to actually go out on strike. The rest are going to look at it as a, as a day in bed and, uh, and staying there and, uh, and letting everybody else go out. Because I'm looking at, at picket lines and I'm not, I'm not seeing huge turnout at the moment. And it, and it should be a good turnout. It should definitely be a good turnout. But it, uh, it might not be. Of course, you think differently. 84850 steve at And Elvis Costello's done something which I find quite interesting. He's urged his fans not to buy his box set. For the simple reason that it's got a price tag of £213 on it. And he said, this is just ridiculous. He said, don't, don't blow it. £212.99, so £213. He'd failed to persuade music bosses to cut the price of the return of the spectacular spinning songbook limited edition CD box set, because there's another one out with Dusty Springfield, and that's over £100. Because I nearly bought it, because it's got everything that Dusty Springfield ever recorded, and then some. And, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be buying Elvis Costello, but I applaud him for saying £213 is, is too much for people to spend. But they will spend it. They will spend it. And there's a poor bloke who worked for Apple. I say worked for Apple because they got rid of him. And they got rid of him because he was dissing the company. He was saying, you know, it's ridiculous. They woke me up at three o'clock in the morning, expecting me to go in. The Beatles set is just rubbish. It's this, it's that. And they went, no, I'm terribly sorry, you're going. We don't want somebody like you not working for the company. You know, goodbye, go now. And so he's now moaning about the fact that Apple have, have fired him. And to be honest with you, what's the point of having somebody working for a, for a big company if they're not in, in favour of what they do, especially something like Apple? You know, each, each big company want to have a loyal workforce. If somebody starts dissing it, it'd be like somebody working for LBC and then say, rubbish, this, absolute rubbish. You'd think it will go work somewhere else. You know, you have, to, you have to sort of cut your cloth, don't you, accordingly. I wish I'd, I wish I'd been the one who saved a snuff bottle. I've got some Chinese artefacts at home. They're not very exciting, I mean, I promise you. I wish I could tell a lie to you and tell you they were really... One's a ginger jar and one's a little... Unfortunately, I think... It's not ivory, I think it's a jade Buddha. I think it's a jade Buddha. But there's one here, uh, which has just come up for uh, for auction, and it was for a family who, who collected snuff bottles. I think he had something like 1,000... 600 snuff bottles. Anyway, he actually died, and so the wife has put various ones into auction. So this one turned up the other day. It's a glass artefact sold by Bonhams in Hong Kong, in, uh, created for the Imperial Palace Workshops in Peking, now Beijing, during the reign of the Emperor Qinglong between 1736 and 1795. And this thing only stands three inches tall. Two million pounds. Two million quid for snuff. At one time, lots of people in this country uh, used to take snuff. It was quite normal to see people putting this little powder on the back of their hands, different nowadays, and then they go like that. I tried it once, because you can buy stuff. You can go into old-fashioned tobacconists and you can buy a little tin of snuff. And it's a bit aniseedy and a bit menthol, and it's supposed to clear your sinuses. To be honest with you, if, if you do it in the wrong place, you're liable to find yourself being arrested, because nobody knows what the heck it is, and they just think you're, you're doing Colombian or something like that. But it's, it's still popular in certain... 
certain quarters. People quite like the idea of using snuff. And I did try it, but it became a fad. It was like we did lots of things as fads years ago. One of them being I, I took up smoking a pipe for about, for about a month because I thought it was the most boring thing under the sun. So are you going on strike this morning? Because that's what everybody's going to be talking about later on. It's going to affect people later. At the moment, we seem to be OK. Do you want to go on strike? Or do you not want to go on strike? Are you allowed to make up your own mind? Or have you been uh, told to do so by the union or the uh, place where you are? If you're in the courts, you probably don't have much choice because they can say, well, you come into work, but, you know, it's not going to be open. The job centre's not going to be open today. There's no point in you coming in because it's not, not going to happen, I'm afraid. So I wonder whether or not you go... Well, I'll tell you what, I'll go in anyway. And I wonder if all these people, as has been suggested by somebody this morning, will in fact be taking the day off as... Um, as an extra shopping day for Christmas. So have you been affected by anything striking at the moment? As I say, over in Northern Ireland, the public transport system has ground to a halt. Uh, And as the Chancellor, George Osborne, says the UK is facing another six years of austerity, we want to cheer you up. So tell us anything coming up that you're looking forward to. I'm trying to think of things that that get us excited. Christmas gets us excited. You know, discovering them on the radio for sort of 12 days on the trot gets a lot of people very excited. So I wonder really whether or not there's anything else. You know, little present, you're going to treat yourself. Uh, sometimes people treat themselves, that makes them happy, doesn't it? Today I'm going to buy a giant box of chocolates and eat all of them. You know, today, I mean, I'm, or you're going to watch it. Today I'm going to set aside me time. I'm actually going to have what I call special time for me. I'm going to turn the phone off at home. Put, put, I'm going to turn the ringer off. I'm going to sit down, make myself a nice cup of tea, or perhaps have a Baileys or something like that, push the boat out, open a box of chocolates and watch a nice Christmas film. I'm going to do something for me today. Because mums everywhere think, oh, we've got Christmas around the corner. Not content with having to get the family ready every day and do breakfast and washing and ironing and ferry kids from here to there. I know that Sharon mother of my godchildren has to drive around all over the place luckily one of one of the godchildren is old enough now to get the bus so if she goes out to see friends you get the bus back whereas years ago they pick up the phone and go mum come pick us up and now it's a case if you can get the bus i just wish mums actually today of course lots of mums are not going to be taking kids to school at all so the road should be fairly quiet i'm hoping that everybody's going to tell me that today the roads are actually really good and that we can all get around because if there's no no kids at school if you've stayed at home or uh, if you're one of those sort of people who's striking anyway, but you're not actually doing anything. You've decided to stay at home and perhaps sort of tart up the spare room or, you know, start getting stuff ready for Christmas. You're not actually physically going to where you work to stand on a picket line. Then I want to hear from you as well. Uh, 0845 or LBC973. And, uh, and, t- and today the weather forecast. I was going to tell you the weather forecast because it's been, it's been so awful, I'm afraid... Um, this week and yesterday i was expecting really really bad rain fine day for most windy cloudy likely throughout the afternoon but it should be dry the high 11 centigrade currently it's eight so it's going to be a bit chilly tonight dry at first cloud bringing rain later turning heavy for a time before easing away tomorrow dry at first rain coming in from the mid-afternoon then staying cloudy with rain and uh, as tomorrow's thursday crikey it's whizzing through friday sunny spells and scattered showers the high seven degrees saturday windy with rain and feeling colder six degrees and sunday cloudy and overcast and the high only eight degrees it's unbelievable isn't it do you think winter's finally arrived snow on the way i bet you anything within a few weeks we'll be knee deep in it With the news headline, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The biggest national strike in 30 years. Steve Allen. 
Morning, 12 minutes to 7. It's nice to have your company. Cold, damp, wet, miserable, winter, autumnal, Christmassy strike. OK, just I cheer you up today. If, of course, you're not, you're not affected by it, you don't need to go out, you're not flying anywhere, you're not due in court, you're not going to have an operation, you haven't got any kids at school, and you're not planning on going to the job centre, just a normal day for you. For everybody else, of course, it could be misery up at the airport, and people will have been warned, you know, it's been in all the newspapers, it's been on the television, it's certainly on the radio, and people will still go up to the airport, and they'll still moan about it, and go, well, this is disgraceful, I've been standing here for three hours trying to get my uh, EasyJet flight. And uh, EasyJet will be going, well, you turned up late, didn't you? So there's no chance of your flight today? Sorry about that. Nothing we could do about it, you know? No, the captain said, no, he's not going to accept you. Because they love that. They, they love doing it on that programme, don't they? I quite like doing the accent, but I'm not very good at it. Marks and Spencers are in trouble. Apparently they've had an advert for knickers on the side of a bus. And, uh, and, and parents complained that the image, a model, kneeling on a bed with her legs apart, was unsuitable for children. Well, I'm here to tell you, I've tried kneeling on a bed. If you've got one of those memory foam mattresses, you need to have your legs slightly apart, otherwise you fall over. But uh, anyway, it's been pulled. It's been banned from the side of buses for being overtly sexual. It's a bit difficult to try and try and do knickers and underwear and stuff like that without it being, you know, sexual, isn't it? I mean, that's the whole idea, isn't it? Aren't we selling sex? I mean, you can only do it for women. You're not going to do it for men. Because men, men, men's underwear is a little bit boring. And you can never sell men's. It hasn't got frilly bits on. Well, not all of my stuff has got frilly bits on. Uh, Steve says, Kev, as chair of governors at my children's school in Harlow, I had to sign the paperwork to go on the striking teachers' records, and only three are out on strike. So our school is Open! Ta-da! Well done. Jim says it's so unfair that low-paid workers have to contribute to expenses paid meddling bureaucratic workers who actually do harm to the country. So what are we going to do about MPs' pensions? Wouldn't we all love to know the answer to that one? Uh, Dave says, Steve, good morning. Shame on those breaking the strikes today and going against the union. They obviously have no idea how dreadful their working conditions and pay would be without the union. Please tell the strikers they have mine or my colleagues' support. Uh, my name is Mari Celeste. Do I win any prize? It's a reminder of the spooky sunken ship. I never win anything. Must be the... No, we're looking for Mary and Joseph this morning. Or, or somebody called Jesus. And Travelodge will give you a free night. You've got to take proof, though. It's quite a, it's quite a good marketing ploy, isn't it? I'm sure somebody's done it before, looking for a Mary... It's like there's a picture in the paper today of a turkey which fell off a lorry bound for place where they don't come back from. Okay, there's any young people listening. And uh, and it's befriended a deer, and so they say it's going to be spared for Christmas. <laughs> we'll kill it January. Uh, why is it called snuff rather than sniff, says Stephen in Rotherhithe? That's a very good question. I wish I knew the answer. Alex in Orpington says, teachers work more than contract hours each week. Those who strike will lose days' pay. Government now expects a 68-year-old to teach a class of children. I know that you're expected to put in so many hours. But then everybody's expected to put in hours nowadays. It's, it's almost become the norm. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was saying, do you remember, cast your mind back, when if you worked Christmas, if it was a public holiday, they gave you double money? Well, the, ha, ha, long forgotten phrases like, oh, look, here comes the bus and there's a seat on it. You know, things like that. You know, uh, would you like to work Christmas Day? That'll be nice, please. And it's double money. Ha, it'll never happen. It went out such a long time ago, but I'm old enough to remember that if you worked Christmas Day and Boxing Day, you could make, actually, quite a bit of money. But nowadays, they, they find people to work Christmas Day, Boxing Day, who will work for probably less than everybody's working the rest of the time. 
So it doesn't happen, does it, really? And they go, you know, we, we've had this argument that with the, uh, the department stores open on Boxing Day to start the sales, and uh, the Shop Workers Union, which I think is Usdor, saying this is disgraceful. But in fact, a lot of people want to go into work on Boxing Day because they absolutely hate the whole Christmas malarkey. They don't like any of it at all. They like the idea that they can go in on Boxing Day because people seem much friendlier over the festive season. Anything that involves a holiday and people go, it's lovely. It's quite, I used to love working Christmas in the shop. It was great because people come in and they're all, you know, they're all very friendly and chatty. You can say, have you had a good Christmas? And then they go, and how was yours? And you go... Yeah, right. And and that's it. But, the, but there's never any double money now. Sarah says, my sister is a teacher. She's thought long and hard about striking, but she can't afford to lose the day's pay. So she's going in today to teach the children that do come in. I say credit to her. So I'm assuming that the kids will have to, or the parents will have to phone the school to say, listen, are there teachers in? Should we send the children? Imagine you're, you're the only child and your mother says you're going to school whether you like it or not. Mrs Binns is working today, so you're going in. Ooh, nobody else is working. So you're the only one standing by the bus stop looking like the last turkey in the shop. Sarah's a midwife and has just arrived at work. Not a soul around. No flags. No picket line. Pablo in Greenwich says, My wife just left for work an hour and a half early so she can avoid the picket lines. Lots of us are just getting on with it. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? It comes down to, into the, to, to the spirit of just getting on with it. Not everybody wants to go on strike. Not everybody th- thinks it's it's absolutely necessary. Uh, 84850, steve at So uh, I've never seen these Marks and Spencers buses, or the, the buses with the Marks and Spencers things on there, which have the, uh, the knicker adverts. <laughs> I often wonder why they sell it, because everybody knows that Marks and Spencers do knickers. In fact, they must be the only shop that probably is the one where most people buy their underwear. Because men just buy their underwear. That, because it's you can do it. You always get the girl, don't you, on the till. Oh. I hope she's not looking at it. I would pretend it's for somebody else. I would go, I think he said this size. <sighs> I'm, I'm buying underwear for another... I mean, I, I'm not... I mean, seriously, I'm, it's, you're right, it's even more peculiar. Buying underwear for other people. It's only if you're married can you buy underwear for your wife. But then the wife looks at it and thinks, you've got no idea what size I am, have you? You seriously think I'm going to cram my carcass into those tiny little things with little bows and ribbons on? And yet you look at men's stuff, and it's, it's quite dull and boring. It's like coloured socks. I can't do coloured socks. I know, every time I, I watch the television, they've always got uh, David Frost. And David Frost insists on wearing coloured socks, and it drives me mad. I can't, I can't do coloured socks. I only do black socks. And that's as much as I'm telling you this morning. Would you like to celebrate Christmas with LBC 97.3 and Great Ormond Street Hospital? Let's uh, invite you to join us for the annual Christmas Carol concert from St Paul's Church in Knightsbridge on Tuesday the 13th of December, the time 6.30. There'll be traditional carols sung by you, the congregation, and the gallery choir of Westminster Cathedral Choir School, plus readings from some very special guests. Afterwards, this is the incentive, a sparkling champagne and canapé reception, and for children their own party with drinks, party food and a Christmas movie. Tickets range from £25 to 95 To find out more, visit lbc.co.uk. The LBC 97.3 and Great Ormond Street Hospital Christmas Carol Concert, a celebration for the whole family. And hopefully it'll be recorded and then we'll put it out over the festive season. I love a carol concert. I absolutely love it. Carols from Kings kind of gets me, me going every time. The idea that after you've had it, you can have champagne and canapes kind of sort of just makes it even more appealing as far as I'm concerned. And uh, we'll have some, some special in-conversations for you. 
over Christmas. Other stories which are making in the papers today, apart from the uh, the strike, which might or might not affect some of you or many of you, is the five top footballers who have begged for help since the death of uh, Gary Speed and his uh, shock suicide. Apparently, they're in they're in such a profession that makes such demands on them, you know, to be butch and don't show your feelings and do this and do that, that many of them are suffering quite badly. And so the uh, the Football Association have said here that there are lots of people saying we don't want to end up like Gary Speed. So quite clearly, there's a lot of this turmoil going on. Uh, somebody here is saying football players are human beings. They're flawed, just like the rest of us. Which is a which is a great shame, I think. Great shame. And poor talking of great shame, Lady Gaga says she might never find true love. The pop superstar, she's only twenty five, reckons her talent puts men off. Probably does at the moment, but I should imagine, you know, give it a few you'll find somebody. At the moment you're turning out and I love the new single. At the moment, if you're turning out good singles and uh, and people think that you're weird and cracked and balmy and everything, I love it. I absolutely love it. So worry about the relationship a little bit further down the line. You don't need to worry about it. News of the World Chiefs with a scum of journalism. And, uh, and this is the former News of the World editors, Andy Coulson and Rebecca Brooks, been called scum by an ex-hack. This is at the, uh, the Leveson uh, inquiry into media standards. And um, they, they, they've said that people were well aware. To be honest with you, with the best will in the world, I've always thought that if you're the editor, you know exactly what's going on. You would have to. You'd have to keep a grip on things, wouldn't you? I think so. I don't know in that particular instance, but I'm assuming if you are the editor, you would have a rough idea of how, how stories are got. It's an old, it's an old practice. Talk of an old practice. Don't forget to go and check out a little bit later on the, uh, the blog and the podcast on lbc.co.uk. Everybody on the station keep you up to date with uh, all the things going on, especially the roads, if there's any problems with the roads. But if nobody's going to work, I should imagine the roads should be empty this morning, which can only be good news for everybody. And if the kiddies aren't going to school, the buses should be empty and the trains should be empty. But there will be a lot of things not working. Nick and the team will keep you up to speed with that after the news at 7. Have a great day. Wrap up warm. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at 5 for more Steve Allen for the early breakfast. Now the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after...